No better word for grace than amazing. You know, I'm, I'm looking for the day when I don't need it anymore. So uh, I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, you got me again, so it's picnic time. We'll get picnic. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Isaiah 43, we're going to read verses 15 through 19. Isaiah says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. This is what I want us to look at tonight. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. And don't think of the things as how they were, how they used to be. You know, we're told in Revelations we're supposed to come up higher. God told John, say, come up higher. The angel told him, come up higher. See things from my viewpoint. See the things that are, are to come, things that are, are to be. Don't keep looking at things at your lower level, earthly level. And so many times I think we get stuck in that to where we, we just we get in a rut and we see things how we perceive instead of seeing them by faith. So behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth, and shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we've come together another time, Lord, to, to celebrate you, to give you praise, to have every mind, every heart, every soul in here tonight focused on you. Nothing but you, Lord. Lord, if it was focused on me, they're going to hear mistakes. They're going to hear me stammer around, try to find words, try to find things to say. Lord, if they focus on you, I pray they won't hear me, Lord. Get me out of the way, Father, that you can use the gift that you've given as you see fit. Lord, you've given them a gift of hearing. You've given them a gift of receiving. Lord, and if they would get out of the way and let you use their ears, Use their hearts. And you would have your way, Lord, from the front to the back. Everyone will leave blessed. Lord, your prophets told us you'll either come in, you'll either leave better or worse. Lord, I, I trust and believe tonight we'll all leave better because we've heard your word and we apply it to our lives. We thank you for it, Lord. I pray for Brother Daryl. You know he's having a time with his back. Lord, for, for Daniel Ball's family there with feeling sick. Lord, I pray that you touch them. Lord, Brother Robert's need there. Lord, his little assembly. Lord, I pray that you bless, bless him richly. Lift him up. Lord, we want to give you praise for Brother Philip and Sister Ruth's little baby there. Lord, for, for touching it. Lord, all the praise goes to you. We're so thankful. Bless the furthest of service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I've titled this tonight might sound weird, but I'll tell you how I come to this title. My title is Burn the Ship. No, I didn't get it from hearing a song. I've been thinking a lot lately about people that have left. People that have just picked it up and left and walked off. 
So I was thinking about the other day, and this thought just kept coming to my mind. Burn the ship. I thought, what? How does that apply? And it just stayed in my mind. I'd go to work, and it thought just came coming to my mind. Burn the ship. So I looked in the scriptures. I Googled, did the scripture say anything about burning ships? Nothing. So I, I went to the table. In 1960, Brother Branham said, hearing, receiving, and acting. Therefore, their church needs a good cleansing. What we need today is some old-fashioned revivals, some sweeping revivals, some power of the Lord work. We need men and women who's willing, willing to sell out everything in this world, to burn every bridge behind them. We need to take the world today. We ministers, like the old Norwegians used to take a country. They went in by ship. They hit the shore, set the ship afire, and burned it behind them. There was no way of escape. That's the way we ought to do. Burn every bridge, every escape, sell out everything for the kingdom of God. And keep moving on. There's no place of stopping. There's no place of compromising. In Luke chapter 9, 57 through 62, Jesus said, and the Bible scripture says, and it came to pass, they went this way, and a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee wherever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes and birds have, of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have no pl- nowhere to lay his head. And, and he said unto another, this is Jesus saying to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the be- dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. No man looking back. You know, we, we see this throughout the scriptures. And Isaiah says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They began to remember how good it was back there. They lost sight of what God was taking them to. They lost sight of the promised land. They lost sight of the word. This was God's word. I'll take you into a promised land that flows with milk and honey. Everywhere you put your feet is your possessions. They lost sight of that. They did not hang on to the faith that God gave them for that. And so they began to consider the former things. To look back to the things of old. Oh, they said, we want the, we'd love to have the, the, the leeks and the garlics we had in Egypt. And here we see the same thing around this message. It's people... Going back to where they came from. And I've wrote down here, this message is surrounded by ships that have not been burned. Ships that haven't been burned. Because they never dedicated themselves when they first got here. They parked it. When Brother Branham healing campaign was going around the world, they pulled their ships up to his healing campaign and did not burn them. All they wanted to see was the swerts, the signs, the wonders. That's all they wanted to see. And when God presented them with the new land, the healings, 
The raising the dead, that wasn't the new land God wanted him to go to. Well, he offered him the word. This is eternal life. What did they do? Many went back to their ships. They pulled up their sails. And they sailed away. It's still happening today. People that parked their ships on this message 40 years ago are leaving. Pastors that claim to be the voice of God have went back to their ships and they've sailed away. I've got a subtitle to this. is where has the zeal gone? Where's it went? We're so used to our traditions. We've traditionalized church. We've made it a ritual that we come to on Sunday, on Wednesday. It's part of our schedule. We'll write it in our calendar. Have to go to church. You have to? You have to. I have to go listen to God is exactly what you're saying. You get to. You get to go hear the voice of one that loves you more than anything. We got people that jump their ship. They don't agree with the pastor. Don't raise your hand, but how many could say in their heart, speak to yourself, I have the same zeal or more that I had when I got here five years ago, ten years ago. 20 years ago, 30 years ago. If it's the same, you haven't went anywhere. You say, I have the same zeal I had 30 years ago. Get away from your ship. You haven't burnt your ship yet, but you're looking at it. You're eyeballing it. Burn it. Burn it. You've got nowhere, nowhere better to go. You say, this is tough. This is hard. Where did we get this term, burn the ships? Anybody know? Some of you history buffs know Cortez, right? It was one of them. Cortez was one of them when he came to, to Mexico. This was a new land. He wanted to conquer this land. Nothing was going to stand between him and his mission. So what did he tell us? His being, burn the ships. We're not going back. Nothing's going to stop us. History say that when Caesar tried to take, go up around to Ireland, Scotland, and in, in places, that when he come around the North Sea and he looked at the cliffs of Dover or whatever cliffs they were and all the, the, the Celts that were lining the cliffs looking at him was way more than the many had. And that he could have turned his ships around, grabbed the tiller and turned them around and headed back the other way. But he told the men, we're going we're to anchor these ships and we're going to burn them. Alexander, when he takes Persia, he tells his men, burn the ships. That is a commission that you've had in this day. Burn your ship. You've raised your hand and said, this is where I want to be. This is where God brought me. This is where my ship has landed. Your ship has been through so many things. Some of you have been through the ships of denomination and the waves and the way you've come through so many different waters. You've come through, through ministers that want to make a name for themselves. They want, want their own following. You've been through all that. 
And then one night when your, your ship is just drifting along and you think there's no help, there's nowhere else to go, you heard a still small voice. And you looked and far off the distance, you seen a lighthouse. And you set your sail for that. You turned your, your, the, the tiller and the rudder to set your, your, your ship straight for that, and you headed for that. It wasn't easy getting here for some of you. You know, like I told uh, where I, I preached down at Brother Homer's here a uh, month or so ago. You know, I could look at people that have been through so much. They've come through denominations. They come through nothing. They come from atheism, atheism and different things, and, and, and I was born in it. You say, what kind of testimony do you have? I don't have the testimony that some of these been through so many things. Almost died of drug overdoses and almost getting killed here and, and, and things happening here. Getting big caught up in a cult here. I don't have that testimony. But I have a testimony of grace that God kept me from that. Amen. That God seemed fit to drop me into, place me in a family that was already brought into this message. I don't, I don't have a less of a testimony than you. You don't have a, a less or greater testimony than me. Every one of it's a testimony of God's grace. <clears throat> but it seems like there's no zeal anymore. People want to be petted and rocked by their minister, their pastor. Come in and feed me. Prop my feet up. Rock me to sleep. Hey, I can put it. I can put you to sleep. I put a bunch of them. You ought to see, I can see more faces up here than you can. I know when you're sleeping. Hey, I've slept on. Brother Darrell woke me up in Alabama one time. We was in youth service. We was up all night, wasn't we, Joel? <laughs> we were up all night, and I was tired. I wasn't saying Brother Darrell was boring me. I was just tired. And I closed my eyes, and the next thing I heard was, ain't that right, Brother Joe? Hey, I didn't go back to sleep. <laughs> I don't know what he said, but I agreed with him. <laughs> so we look at that, and we've become, we've traditionalized. It's a ritual now. We've got in our mind how service is supposed to go. We know how. You know, and I, want, I told somebody the other day, why don't, why don't you write down what, how you think service should go and give it to Brother Louie, give it to Brother Joel and him, tell him, hey, do service this way. This is the way it's supposed to go. These are the people that I want singing. This is how long I want the, the minister preaching. People know how long ministers are supposed to preach. People that ain't preachers know how long a preacher's supposed to preach. Here's the way I look at it. And I'm probably different than everybody else because they always throw the quote that Brother Branham said 30, 45 minutes. And y'all know me. I think I, in North Carolina, I think I preached an hour and seven minutes. I think that's a record. That's a record. And I apologized. But you look at it as, brother, they throw that quote at you, what Brother Brandon said, a minister's supposed to preach 30 to 45 minutes. You're saying this is manna from heaven. Are you full? Have you had enough? Have you ate too much? Rituals, traditions. You get mad if somebody beside you is shouting too loud, praising God too loud. I've got some news for you. There's no Xanax in heaven. Because if that bothers you, you're going to have a time. 
But where is our desire gone? Your heart was setting, running this race at all cost. You pulled your ship ashore. God led you here. You gave testimonies of how God pulled you out of whatever you was in, pulled you here, and you're praising God for it. And as time goes on, you don't ever talk about it no more. You move from the front row to the back row. Where's the zeal? I'm not saying whether you burnt your ship or not, but I'm just asking you, have you? Have you burned it? Or have you left it there? If you're a predestinated son and daughter of God, there's burnt holes laying all around this message. You've burned it. You left it on the shore. You've anchored it. And you said, I'll never go back. I don't care what tests come my way. I don't care what trials come my way. I don't care what Satan puts against me. Where are you going to go to? Where, where are you going to go? You got something better than this? It's, it's, it's hard. It's narrow. Right? The Bible says narrow is the way. Narrow. Don't even consider what you left behind. Don't even consider the mistakes that you've made. All that stuff you carried on your ship, you should have burned it with it. Don't grab all that luggage off before you set fire to your ship and carry it with you ashore. All your faults, your mistakes, things that you regret, burn your regrets. Burn your mistakes. Don't, don't bring them ashore with you. There's no room in God's word for your mistakes. There's no room for your regrets. There's no room for all your faults and your failures. God don't see them. So quit trying to shove them through the blood. That's what we do. We try to shove them through the blood. Look what I did. God said, I forgive you. But look what I did. I forgave you. But God, remember when I did this back here and we force it and we force it and we try to force it through the blood of Jesus Christ and we make Calvary none effect. We're looking at yourself and look at God's grace. Amen. <clears throat> when Jesus went to the 70, when you see the Son of Man ascending into heaven from whence he came. What did they say? This guy is saying he came from heaven. He came from heaven. And the Bible says that they turned away and walked with him no more. He, he called them, did he not? Come follow me. Come follow me. That's what we're reading in Luke. He was saying, hey, follow me. Hey, I need to go do this first. Hey, you come follow me. I need to do this first. So they, maybe they went and done it. I don't know. Maybe they went and done it, but then they eventually followed him. And you got a, the same thing that happened in, in, in the prophet's message. They followed him. They followed him. These 70 followed him when he was raising the dead. They followed him when he was turning the water into wine. we got to follow this guy. Watch what he does. We want to be part of that. All these ministers wanted to surround themselves to Brother Branham. We want to be part of that. And then Jesus says, when you see me ascending to heaven from whence I came. What's he talking about? Who does he think he is? Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. What in the world is he talking about? We're leaving. I'm, this guy's crazy. I'm getting out of here. And then Brother Brandon brought serpent seed. Right? The Godhead. Predestination. They jumped on their ships. We didn't want that. They left. He brought the new land that God had given them, the milk and honey. God says, okay, now you give them the milk and honey. 
It don't look like it, does it? When the children of Israel was going into, into to the land of Canaan, God said, this is the land that flows with milk and honey, and it's all yours. And everywhere they looked is giants. Where's the milk and honey? It's faith. It's faith. That's how your walk is. When you go to work, when you go to work and you see the things that work, don't quit trying to fit in. Quit trying to fit in. You park your little ship on the edge of this message and you want to try to just toe the line. Let's walk along the shoreline. See if they'll, I want to be accepted. That's the problem with people today. They want to be accepted. I want God to accept me. That's all that matters. And you got people that want to be accepted. They want to toe the line. They want to see how close they can to the edge. Oh, yeah, they'll wear their, they'll wear their skirts and, and what have you to work, but they might put a little color on their fingers, on their mouth, wear the little clip-on earrings. Right? How close you getting to the edge? You cannot fight on the shoreline. The enemy's in the land. You're not fighting. Quit trying to fit in. So while you're standing there, get you a torch, torch your ship and all its baggage and go fight. That's all, that's all that he's called us to do. So Brother Branham says in 64, when their eyes were open, they knew him. He turned around. He had 70 with him. He said to that 70, what will you say when you see the Son of Man ascending from heaven from whence he came? He asked them a question. What will you say? They looked at one another and said, well, the Son of Man ascending up from where he came from. They asked this question. We know his mother. We know his brothers, his sisters. We see the, the manger he was laid in when he was born. We've seen the cradle he was rocked in. He come from Nazareth. This is a hard saying, and they didn't walk with him no more. And all the time these disciples stood right there. They didn't know it, but they believed it. They didn't explain it. They couldn't explain it. He never explained it. He didn't explain it. Oh, now listen, guys, this is what I meant. You got to read between the lines. How long, how many times have we heard that? You got to read between the lines. That's how people get their own interpretation of the word. Oh, I read between the lines. This is where Peter made his memorial words. Lord, are we persuaded that you have the word? We are persuaded that you have the word of eternal life alone. Where would we go? Amen. Peter said, God, Lord, we've burned our ship. We've burned it. We got nowhere to go. We can't go back. If we did want to go back, how would we get there? We've burnt our only transportation. You think Satan's not going to tempt you to go back? Why can you not go back? How can you not go back? You have no means of transportation. You burn it. He can tempt you with it all you want. But you've got no way back. We're not without temptation. Sons and daughters of God is the ones he is going to tempt. Them's the ones he is going to try to say, hey, look, remember, remember how you had it back here. Remember when you went to this church over here, how easy it was. Preacher didn't preach on you that much. Preacher preached on how God loved you all the time and never told you right or wrong. Look how easy you had it. Why don't you go back to that? You can look him straight in the eye and say, I ain't got no way back. I've got no way back. Peter says, I've destroyed my means of church hopping. (laughs) People got them a little dinghy. They found them a dinghy somewhere. And they row from one church to another. 
one pastor to another. Pastor says something they don't like, they jump in that dinghy and here they go. They, they don't know who the pastor is. They, don't, they, they, got, they have not established any foundation. They don't know how to, to live by faith. They don't live by faith. If you live by faith, you can say, I don't understand it, but I'm going forward. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm going forward. I don't know about all these warriors standing on these cliffs, but I'm burning my ship and I'm going ashore. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. It didn't say you would look on it with your eyes and read it and not have understanding. Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. That's why we've had so many people left. They get to reading the word. Oh, he contradicted himself right here. He contradicts. This never happened. If you read right here, he said all these 16 men died. And if you, you can search, they're reading with their own understanding. They're looking at things that do not lie upon their eternal destination. Whether 16 men were buried in a bridge or not or fell off, it's got nothing to do with where I'm going. Not a thing. Not a thing. But people do what they can to avoid persecution, trials. Look at Jonah. Jonah Jonah needed a, a, a come to meeting with Jesus, right? Jonah got on a ship. He got on a ship. It wasn't the ship God made for him. So what happened? What, what the problem with Jonah was he had to have a burial and resurrection. Jonah came up a new man. He had to be buried for three days. He had to be resurrected on the shore. God said, this is where I told you to go. What happened to Jonah's means of transportation? It went back to the bottom of the sea. He had no way back. He had to have a burial and a resurrection. That's what we got to have. You have to have that new life. Something gave Jonah a life that he never had. He didn't have, he didn't have, he, he didn't have that burden for lost souls like we think. He's a prophet. There's a whole book about him. But he didn't have a burden for lost souls. He did not have a burden to go save people. And that's what he was called to do. I'm going to hurry through here because the older I get, the bigger these fonts get and more pages I get. So it won't be long. I'll have one word per page. Brother Branham said, straight is the gate. Lot didn't think he was going to backslide. He went looking towards Sodom where things were easy. There's many times we look towards the easy way. We all do it. I don't care if you have the Holy Ghost or not. We like the easy way. That does not de-Christianize you. That does not say you're not saved. But as long as we're stuck with this humanity, we want it easy. I do. I do. I want it easy. But if it ain't, Lord, give me strength. Sometimes that's what gets me on my knees quicker than anything. When it's going hard. There's many times we look towards the easy way. I'll join this certain certain church. You see, nobody will say anything against it because it's the biggest church in the city. The easy way. Many times we do that when we're wrong. 
Remember, if you follow Christ, you'll be hated by people. For all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecutions. That's what we don't want. The only thing about pain that I don't like is that it hurts. Other than that, I've got no problem with it. I've got zero problems with it. I just don't like it when it hurts. That's our problem. We got no problem with pain. God bring the pain. Just don't make it hurt. <clears throat> we want it easy. Brother Bram said so many times we want a bed of ease. We want to go through life on a bed of ease, a bed of roses. And sometimes if, 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 if that's the way you feel, go listen to the eagle stir at their nest again. It talks about that mother eagle taking that rabbit fur out. It's going to expose those thorns to that young and make him get out. Make him soar on the, on the wind. <clears throat> you'll come by the blood. That's the only avenue. That's the only avenue in. And you cannot bring no one with you. You'll come alone and stand on your own confession and your own faith. You'll not ride in on the pastor, on your mother's faith. You'll come as an individual when you come to God. And many times we make those foolish choices. I've made a lot of them. I've made a lot of them I've regretted. I made a lot of them that come back later and bit me. And I think, why in the world that happened? And then God quickened to it. This is why it happened. Because you did this. Hey, you, you know, we, we can play this grace game all we want. You can play grace all you want. When you look at the way God deals in grace, he said, he who he loveth, he chastens. He chastens. That, that doesn't... You parents, you love your kids, right? I love them so much, I'm not going to spank them. I love them so much, I'm not going to correct them. Are they ever going to learn anything? You're going to make spoiled brats out of them. And that's what we become sometimes because we don't take his correction. We become spoiled brats. And the more spoiled we become, the more easy we want it. And then guess what? We get tossed off the ship. I've been tossed off a time or two. Philippians 3.13. Brother, I count not myself to, to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul says, I'm forgetting that. Reaching forward to the things that were before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Look at everything that Paul wanted to forget. Do you have anything in your life on that level? If God forgave Paul for murdering Christians and made him apostle, made him a prophet of that age, the first church age messenger, where do your sins lay? Have you done any worse than that? That God can't, you think God still sees yours? Maybe that's why we no longer have the zeal but it's because we still have these things on our mind. Because we're still thinking of our past. We're still thinking of regrets in our life. I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that. We have these things in our life. We no longer have the zeal because we're consumed by everything Satan gets you focusing on. If you're focusing on that, that's Satan. I think the last, the last time I preached here at the church, I was talking about that. God said, there's, uh, Brother Bram said, there's two forces at work. It's either God or Satan. It's not, it's not you, God, and Satan. God does not torment. God does not torment. So if you've got things that just keep tormenting your mind, 
that are bothering you, mistakes you've made, and you can't get rid of them. That's not God. That's not God. Because God will not torment you. Now, God will put something on your conscience that will bother you till you make it right. But he won't torment you. He'll tell you through the word. That's what the word's for, right? What is this? The house of correction. So if we, if we can get these things that's burdening us down, get them off. If we can come in here and lay them off and keep them off. And then we, we go out in our work day. Hopefully, somehow, some way, God can rekindle that zeal in our life. Do you still have the same joy when you come to church? When you come sit around the Word? Do you, is, when you get ready in Sunday morning and you get up, the alarm goes off. You're drinking your coffee. In your mind, are you thinking, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to see so-and-so. But now we sneeze wrong we we offend one another. The one that you call brother, the one that you call sister, and it don't take nothing to offend you. Where's your zeal for love for one another? We we, we drive off in the car saying, so-and-so wouldn't even talk to me today, blah, 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 run each other down. And you claim you're going to spend eternity with them? And they with you? If you have the real zeal of God for this word in your heart, if it's true and it's from God, nothing, nothing that Satan puts you in your life will hinder it. Nothing. So I urge you tonight that something, somehow, the zeal that you once had, maybe this ain't for anybody here. Maybe your zeal has grown. Maybe it's for somebody streaming. It's for me. It's for me. I'm to blame. I fell short. There's times I don't want to come. There's times that I look at my failures. There's times I look at my mistakes and think, why didn't I burn this on the, on the ship? I know I've burnt my ship. I know I've burned it. But guess what I did? I pulled some baggage off. Thought I might need it. You've all done it. We've all done it. You've pulled the baggage off the ship with you. You know you'll never leave this new land. That is the word, right? You'll never leave it. You've purposed in your heart, I'm going to fight the fight. But somehow, some way, a little bit of baggage got off the ship with you. We forgot to burn it. Burn it now. You still have the fire? Burn it now. Don't take it home with you. Satan will just, you, you walk out here with it. Satan will use it against you. You don't have to carry it with you. There's many soldiers that's went on before. Isaac Watts wrote a song called Am I a Soldier of the Cross? Many years ago, Brother Brandon has mentioned it. One of the verses says, Must I be carried to the skies? On a flowery bed of ease, while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas. I don't want nobody to do my fighting for me. Hey, there's, there's times we got to pray for one another. 
It's like I told Brother Homer's church, we're a bunch of white blood cells. My wife's whole family, they're all nurses except for Phil. He wouldn't know what to do if anything happened anyways. But white blood cells, they're the warriors in your body, right? We're white blood cells. The bride is a body. Sometimes I need you to fight for me. Sometimes I need you to help me burn the things in my life that I took off the ship. You know, we, we see people that grieve going through battles. They've lost a loved one. They've got things happening in their life. They don't know what to do. We don't, we don't let them bear that alone. Why do you we think we turn in prayer requests up here? Why? We're, we're presenting a need before the army of God and saying, I need you to help me fight. And the testimonies that come, come back up here, praise reports. What do armies do after victory? They praise. They worship. They shout. Because Satan's been defeated. So we're, we're, I don't want nobody fighting for me when I can fight. I want you to fight with me. I want to fight with you. But you can't fight my battle. I can't fight yours. But we can fight them all together. We can burn the ships together. <clears throat> As we look at the times that we, we go through, and we'll get on different ships in our life. Sister Erica's on a ship of cancer right now. She can't sail that ship on her own. We can help her burn it. We can help her burn it. There's a harbor of healing. There's many times during rough waters, these captains would pull their sails down. They would tie their rudder off. They would point it in a certain direction, and they would tie that tiller off. You point your ship to your harbor of deliverance, whatever it is in your need in your life. Young people, whatever you're dealing with, you point it to the harbor of deliverance in your life and you tie the rudder off. Don't pull it one direction, any other direction. You point it towards your healing. You point it towards your deliverance. Amen. If you've got to row that ship, then you row it. Don't say, well, there's no wind. I'm going to sit here and wait till wind comes around. Get to rowing. Give me an oar. I'm going to move this ship. I'm not going to sit. I'm going to get as close to the harbor as I can. And if I can jump off and burn it, I will. You look at all the weapons that Satan's put against us. Your little ship is being tossed from wave after wave. What does the scripture says? say about the weapons that's been formed against us? They've been formed against you. But they will not prosper. It don't matter. They can form all the weapons that he wants. He can form them all he wants. He can form a million weapons against his bride. Not one single will prosper because that's what God said. They won't prosper. So we get to, to watching Satan forming these weapons and we get, we get terrified and we get afraid. We lose faith and we start to doubt because we're watching a weapon being formed. We're not even seeing it being used. We're seeing it being formed. It'll never prosper. Why? Because God said so. It's faith. There ain't nothing to read between the lines with that. It's by faith. It'll never prosper. <clears throat> As I was studying this the other day, I got to looking. 
reading through the Fox's Book of Martyrs. How many's ever read Fox's Book of Martyrs? You thought you had fights. You thought you had it rough. I've read it before, and I don't know how many times I had to close it and feel ashamed. Just feel ashamed, feel dirty that I complain about this and I complain about that. You're watching brothers and sisters during the insurrection and stuff, they would, they would come to them. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. They would give them chances to recant. Now, some of them, we know as we read, they took them to the, the stake and they burned them alive. Many of them, they tortured before they ever did that. They took them to the stake. They burned alive. They put them on a torture rack. I was reading this one. I thought our young, about our young people when I read this. There was a man named Nicomachus. They put him on a torture rack because he professed he was a Christian. And as they began to torture him, he recanted. He said, okay, I recant. I denounce my Christianity. And true to their word, they took him off the rack, and as soon as they took him off, he died. He died. And there was a 16-year-old girl named Denisa. How many ever read the story of Denisa? She's standing in the audience watching she said, you miserable wretch. You traded one moment of ease for eternity of torment. And they heard her. They said, are you a Christian? You know what she said? Yes, I am. We've got young people right here that I, I'll stake my life on would do the very same thing. She knew what was coming. She said, I've burnt my ship. You can do whatever you want to me. Two other writers have recounted this story of Denisa. One was written in 1727. The people doing the torture, they gave her to two young men. Said, take her. Do whatever you want with her. Ravish her. Do everything you can. So these two men, they took Denise, 16 years old, into a house. For hours, they tried to have their way with her. Could never succeed. She fought them for hours. And they said when Denise finally passed out, could no longer go on, they tried. And a man clothed in white walked into the room. Those two men gave their life to Christ. They were stoned to death. And it's hard for us to get up and go to church. Come on. Come on now. If you were there, could you match your zeal with theirs? If that was you, could you say, I could do that? You have no idea because you've never been put in that situation. But understand this, the same God then is the same God today. He hasn't changed. But their zeal was so great. This is a 16-year-old girl 
where she's seen that he had gave in to torture. And she was overcome. You wanted a, just a minute of ease from your torture and you traded it for hell. Read, if you go read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. There's many men that recanted that minutes later, hours later, days later, unrecanted. Shows God's grace. They come back and said, I didn't mean what I said. Do what, do what to, to, you, to me what you want. I just forgot to burn my ship. I had to go back and burn it. I left it in the shore. Where's yours sitting at? Can you look at your ship right now? Can you see a pile of ashes? Or do you see this big old luxurious clipper ship that you're going to sail back to where you come from? What's your desire? Where's your zeal? Where's your hunger? Do you, does it move you when you see souls saved? Does it hurt you when you see them leave? That's the true heart of God. God's heart is not stale. You think God, the Bible says that God would that all men be saved. And when people come to this message and leave, you think God thinks, oh, well, they weren't predestinated anyway. Go read the rich young ruler one more time. Jesus, foreknowledge before the foundation of the world, knew the rich young ruler was going to turn him down. Knew it. The Bible says, and he looked at him and he loved him and said, come follow me. He offered him anyway. He liked his ship too much. He liked sailing too much. There was no way he was going to burn it. He said, sell all you have. Come follow me. As I was studying this, and I don't like putting people on the spot. i got to hurry. But if you ever get a chance, if you could buy this young man a cup of coffee, I urge every one of you to go talk to Brother Taylor Shockley. Or where his ship's been. Brother Taylor finally found a shore to burn his ship on. All right, Brother Taylor? He finally found a shore. Because we get pulled through so many things. The devil tells us this is right. That's right. Different things in our life. This is right. And it never matches up down here. It never matches up with that soul. You've landed on many, many shores. You've probably landed on many islands. You've been in different places in your life. And something down here just didn't settle right. There was no peace. There was no light. There was no still small voice that said, this is it. But God, rich in mercy. No matter what your past mistakes were, how you failed, how you've done this, you've done that. He loved you anyway. You know, when I, when I look at those great generals back then that knew what it was to conquer a land. They knew what it was to set their foot on a new land and say, this is where I'm staying. I'm going to conquer this. 
It ain't going to be easy. You think, what, do you think God would have, if God had told the children of Israel before they ever left Egypt, it's going to be hard. You're going to be fighting giants. You're going to be fighting this. You're going to be doing this. You're going to be wandering around for 40 years. I wonder how many would actually went. How many would said, no, I'm good. I like making bricks with my feet. I'll just stay right here. These feet were made for bricks, not walking. Right? If God told you, did God tell you how hard it was going to be before you got here? No. Somebody gave you a book, gave you a track, witnessed to you at work. And you, there's something that spoke down here. It wasn't because it appealed to your mind. It wasn't because it appealed to your eyesight. It was something that spoke down here, a predestinated seed that was put there before the foundation of the world. And there came a time, a predestinated time that God said, I'm going to water that. There's got to be growth. If there's a seed there, there's a seed of eternal life in there, which Brother Branham said, that was God himself. How many times have we read it, read it? You become the perfection of God. Right? It ain't just flesh. It's the life. So I urge you tonight, I'm going to close. Let's stand. I went 50 minutes. Y'all don't tell Brother Donnie I went so long. But tonight, whatever you're going through, wherever your ship is, you might be on a ship of depression. Satan might be just wearing you out because your son, your daughter is lost. They need healing. They need saving. You might have financial problems. You might have sickness in your body that the doctors don't even know what it is. Everybody's ship is different. And we're using these proverbial ships. But they got to burn too. We're going to burn the ships. Young people, you're going through things in your life. You're going through things in your life that some of us older people never went through. We don't know what it's like. You fight different battles. But God says, bring that ship in the harbor and burn it. Bring it to the harbor of promise. This is what I said. Besetting sins in your life. I don't know what you deal with. You might deal with prayer pressure. You might deal with lust, with pornography. I don't know what you deal with. God does. I urge you, leave that ship here tonight. Don't carry it out them doors. Don't sail out them doors with the same ship you came in. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, as I look at my own life, so many times, Lord, I've sailed ships longer than I, I knew I should have. Lord, through your grace, through your mercy, I've been able to anchor many a ship, Lord, and set fire to it. But that's your grace. That's nothing that I did. It was no direction of myself. That was your grace leading me. That was your grace leading your people. Lord, may the fire of your Holy Spirit tonight, Father, if we're in a ship, Lord, that we shouldn't be in, and we're tossed one direction or another, Father, Lord, I pray with all my heart that the fire of the Holy Spirit would light that thing on fire. And may we take the new land. May we take the promise. You said we could have it. Everywhere our footsteps 
would land. You didn't say every bit of water that we sailed upon was ours. You said wherever our feet stepped, we would claim as our possession, Lord. We can't do that while we're floating around in the ship. Help us, Father, to burn anything, Lord, that Satan would try to hold against us. Anything, Father, that he would, he would form a weapon. As your word says, it won't prosper. I pray that you would touch your children here tonight, Lord. Give them strength. Lord, as they, as they leave here today, I, I, I pray with all my heart, Lord. May they not take anything from here, Lord, that would hinder them tomorrow or next day or another time, Lord. Help us to leave it right here. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could, I'm going to see if Joel comes saying, why should I worry? <clears throat> as we can worship him for a minute if you, if you got time. If this was daylight savings outside, it'd still be light. But it ain't. <clears throat> but I urge you tonight, you know, don't, don't be like Jonah was before he had his baptism and resurrection. Don't be that way. Have a burden for souls. Have a love for one another. You know, if you, your zeal is not to the point where you can't... Listen, these young people, you know why I brag on them? Because they're ours. They're ours, Brother Rob. That's why I brag on them. Some of the finest. I, I wonder sometimes if you parents realize what you got. What God gave you. These young people... They message all the time, when's the next service? When's the next question and answers? When's the next get together? Why? They love one another and they love this word. They got a lot of ashes in their life. Our young people have a lot of burnt ships. I watch them sometimes and sometimes, Brother Rob, I feel ashamed of myself. Because I want that, I want that zeal. I want that desire. When's the next service? When's the next question and answers? I want to be hungry to where I can't wait to go to Wednesday night. Where did that go in my life? I've missed it somewhere. Because I've many times I come over from work. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. Shame on me. And if you're that way too, shame on you. I don't know your life personally. God knows every single thought. And when that thought strikes our mind, it says, you know what? I worked hard today. I don't feel good. Brother Eugene rode that little cart down here. Rode that cart and parked it right back here until he couldn't take anymore. And you can't come in here full, healthy, with a desire. Give me more, God. Just give me more. We could all use more. You'll never have enough. You'll have never have enough, God. We want just enough to say, yeah, I'm a son or daughter of God. I belong to this message. You realize there's people that have denounced Brother Branham are still saying they're in this message. 
So what part of the message are you in? Which one? Which message are you in? You better be anchored in God. You better anchor in this right here. You had a seventh-day messenger come and give this interpretation. Never added and never took away. So which one are you in? Which one do you have the desire to hear, to be more of, to be a part of? I'm being like Brother Daryl now. He'll get me later. I'll preach after I stood up. So I love y'all. Go ahead, Brother Joel. Out on the water, the storm's raging high. The waters around them were troubled that night. Fear filled their hearts. They feared they would die. They failed to remember the master was nigh. Well, he spoke. all stood still even the water obeyed his will he calmed their storm just like he will mine if I just remember he lives deep inside why should I Why should
Jesus, draw me close. Closer, Lord, to you. Let the world around let it fade.
Did you enjoy the word of the Lord tonight? Certainly. Let's sing, take up your cross. I think it's G, I believe. We'll sing that as we go tonight. We're going to take up our cross. We're going to burn our ships first and take up our cross. I appreciate Brother Joe obeying the Lord tonight. Let's go remember the services for the weekend and just remember what you heard tonight. Let's, let's remember each other in prayer. Let's just sing this as you go tonight. Take up your cross follow Jesus. Take up your Say that you 